welcome to the Sage Advice Podcast, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and today's episode is cut from another podcast of which I am the co-host, The Soul of Enterprise, which is also sponsored by Sage. The Soul of Enterprise is dedicated to belief that business has a spiritual, though not necessarily religious, component. I hope you enjoy this excerpt. If you do, please visit www.thesoulofenterprise.com for more. We're here with the author of Evasive Entrepreneurs, Adam Thierer. And Adam, I, I love how you say economists, political scientists, and business theorists don't usually agree on much, but they do agree that technical technological innovation is widely considered the main source of economic progress. And I just, what is your definition of innovation, say, versus invention? Do you have the same distinction like that Matt Ridley uses in his recent book, Why Innovation or How Innovation Works? Yeah, I generally share that perspective with Ridley and with others. There is definitely a difference between these two things. I mean, generally speaking, we can just talk about innovation as being anything that's new and different in some ways, and it doesn't always have to be commercial. A major point that I make in the book is that some of the most exciting forms of so-called evasive entrepreneurialism are forms of entrepreneurialism that are what we might refer to as household innovation or social entrepreneurialism or bottom-up, non-commercial types of innovation. Um, and so uh, it, it's it's an amazing world we live in because there's so many different types of entrepreneurs, including many that aren't necessarily always out to make money. Right. Now you point out the pothole vigilantes <laughs> as, as an example of free innovation. I just love that. Uh, but you're, you say your most controversial claim is that technological change itself may become the most important check on government power going forward. What right. do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of critics of innovation today, a surprising number, even though most economists and business theorists and others generally agree innovation is one of the most important things in moving the, the needle in human progress and betterment. Uh, the reality is, is that innovation has a lot of critics, and a lot of the academic critics today uh, essentially just don't want to see as much innovation because um, they worry how to undermine various types of social and or legal norms or institutions. And everybody has their own favorite types of policies or institutions or whatever else that they're concerned with. But primarily what they're concerned with is that somehow innovation is, quote unquote, anti-democratic that it essentially goes around policy and regulatory systems, and that it's not, quote unquote, governed by the people. And, and also that it undermines important government values or institutions. And, and I argue the opposite. I argue that innovation actually improves the quality of government in fundamental ways. And in fact, in an age when it's in a lot of legislative systems are increasingly broken and functioning, uh, suffering from a lot of dysfunctionalism, Innovation helps us identify where maybe things have gotten a little bit out of whack with common sense and the consent of the governed. And therefore, I refer to innovation as sort of a new form of checks and balances, a sort of relief valve when all else goes wrong. And that's a hard thing for some people to accept at first, but it really shouldn't because it helps us recalibrate things and bring them more in line with what the public actually demands. Right. No, and I love it. And then you go even further because I, it, you know, most of our listeners would be familiar with obviously smartphones and cryptocurrencies, blockchain and drones and 3D printing. And you have a specific definition that are labeled for these things. You call them technologies of resistance and, and how they enable 
techno- technological civil disobedience. Can you kind of explain your thinking there? Yeah, sure. Well, there's a lot of amazing sort of technological decentralization and democratization happening today. And obviously, the smartphone is is one, but not the only one of those things. I mean, there's a huge range of technologies I discuss throughout the book from um, uh, broadband systems to 3D printers to virtual reality to the sharing economy to uh, various types of micromobility, transportation revolution stuff. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Mobile medicine, And all of these technologies, what unifies them is increasingly a sort of decentralized, democratized uh, ability to put more and more power in the hands of the people. And once people have that ability, the the new capability to speak up or act out, they take advantage of it when, again, when things, laws, regulations get a little bit out of whack. And so that's an exciting thing for me. It, It doesn't mean that technology can't cost problems. I spend a significant amount of time in the book, as you know, in later chapters, addressing all of the beefs that people do have with technological change and innovation. But for the most part, it on net has improved our society and it has, it has resulted in more human betterment uh, because of these technologies of, uh, of resistance or, uh, or freedom. For more Sage advice, visit and subscribe at sageadvicepodcast.com.